Today's topic is in our marriage category, and I'm in the studio with my wonderful wife, Tracy. Tracy, we're talking about losing your identity in marriage. And when I think about this topic, I think about a famous movie where one actress said, you complete me. Oh, Jerry Maguire. Jerry Maguire. Yes. And uh, is that a healthy thing? (laughs) Well, I think, yes, it can be a healthy thing, depending on what you mean by that. Because it can be, well, it just depends on what someone means by that. Now, for Jerry Maguire, I mean, come on. The story was so moving and powerful. The single mom and her precious little kid and the super agent. and One of the greatest chick flicks out there. So a lot of the wives listening to this might love that. Some of the husbands might not. And it, it is related a little bit to this idea of losing your identity in marriage. It, it can be easy, Tracy, for couples, especially early on in a, in a relationship, to maybe not have their own identity anymore, and that could become a problem, right? Yeah, and you know, when you go back to your example of Jerry Maguire, I think most women would love to hear their future spouse or their spouse say like I love you so much like I can't function without you like there's something romantic about that which is why I think that line was so appealing to people like who doesn't want to be loved that way or to be valued to that degree but I think the problem is the goal isn't to lose yourself in another person your goal is that together you grow as a couple I mean we'll unpack that a little bit more in a few minutes but to me We just have to be careful about how we view love, that we don't view healthy, long-lasting love as just this overwhelming, like, I can't live without you kind of love, because in the beginning, that might be true, but that that isn't going to last through 40 years of marriage. Yeah, so would that be called codependency? Is that a couple becomes codependent uh, with one another, rather than sort of healthy and healthy dependence on each other? Yes, and I think in the topic... It's a really good topic that Dr. Fletcher kind of unpacks these three main ways relationships go. And that first one, that in the beginning of a relationship, it's okay to have a lot of overlap and like you kind of take on the interests and personality traits, even of the person you're dating or falling in love with, because you're you're just learning and exploring each other and it's exciting. But what can happen is if over time it becomes more codependent where I'm only happy when you're happy and I only function when you're functioning well or if you're not functioning well, then I'm not functioning well and it becomes it can become an unhealthy connection. Like there has to still be in a healthy relationship, there's still your emotions, my emotions and together we work together to create a life together but I'm not responsible for your actions or your emotions. That's where codependency things come in. Okay, so let's let's pause for a second because if couples are listening to this in the car and they want to have a great marriage conversation on this, I want to make sure that you have an opportunity to think about your marriage and where you would put yourself, where you would yeah. rate yourself, right, Trace? Would that be a good idea? Yeah. And so let me let me read these three models again. If you want to watch the shorter video, you can check that out on our website. And of course, there's some discussion questions there as well. Model A is what you were already talking about, Tracy. It's called borrowed functioning. Okay, we'll get we'll dig into that just a little bit more in a second. Model B is called emotional distancing. 
And then the last model, model C, is couple identity. And kind of the big idea here is that the goal isn't to lose your identity as an individual in a marriage, in a healthy marriage, but it's 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 healthy and right and good to have common interests, but also individual interests. Right. So that's what we're moving toward. And again, uh, couples, even as you're listening to this, think about this in your own marriage, even hit, hit pause if you want to. Do you have... Do you have only common interests or do you have individual interests as well as common interests? Because or, or do you have no common interests yeah, right. at all? Okay, good. That's a good point. Yeah. Because I think that that's the thing. To the married couples, especially those that have been married for a length of time, you probably could find yourself in the second model, which is the emotional distancing. I see. Okay. So that's where, you know, I mean, listen, for every marriage, you might start with the more fused model A where there's this borrowed functioning and we're just totally enmeshed and we just are taking on each other's common interests. Totally. So it's so let me let me if I can understand this right then, Tracy, is model A called borrowed functioning is primarily where you only have common interests and you don't have, like you're giving up your individual interests for your common interests. Yeah, or you're feigning interest in something right. because you want to make your person happy. Like how many couples have I thought, think about over time that like, you know, their spouse loves to rock climb. And so they're like, I too love to rock climb. And so in their dating relationship, they're climbing all the time. Yes. But now they're married in a couple of years or maybe that now a kid has come along and now the spouse who was kind of feigning interest is like, I actually never liked that and I don't want to do it. And so then it's kind of like to the other person, they're like, what the heck? You you said you seemed like you enjoyed it early in our relationship and now it's like you flipped a switch. Right. And, and the truth was that they were just being fake. They were borrowing. Yeah. Yes. What they thought the other person wanted them to care about because it's what they care about. Okay, so for example, if I were to say I never liked the movie Jerry Maguire after all. Yes, which I know you do not like Yeah. any rom-com. Yeah, I'm not a chick flick guy. And it's okay for me to say I'm not big into chick flicks, but I can still watch it with you as a gift to you and I love you and I love I want to spend time with you, but it doesn't mean that it has to genuinely be my common interest. Yeah, the difference would be that you would be honest. Like I I do this as a gift to you. Like early in our relationship, let's take golf for example, you love the game of golf. And so I kind of borrowed interest in it in the last few years. Now I've taken more of a real interest in it now, but I would just go ride in the cart with you or walk the course with you. Because it was something you cared about, but I wasn't pretending to be like, I'm going to get on the LG, no, LPGA. Yeah. Wait. L yeah, LPGA. Oh, I get very right. confused with acronyms anymore. Yeah. Um, I think you do have a chance at that, by the way. You have a wonderful swing. Yeah, right. Thank you, honey. Maybe the senior LPGA tour. Yes, true. <laughs> okay, so model B then is emotional distancing. So then, Tracy, is this where a, a person would only be chasing their individual interests for the most part? And now they've kind of given up yes. on on common interests. Like I, did, I never wanted it anyway yes. in the first place. So sadly, this is what happens to a lot of couples where husband likes to go do this. And so they just do in their free time, they're off doing their thing. And the wife's like, I have no interest in that. I have interest over here. And so I'm going to do this. And what happens over time is it's just that emotional distancing where you just have less and less things that you share or have in common, and then your emotional connection starts to lessen. And this is where couples can turn into roommates. Like we just function as a 
couple. We are raising our kids together, but we kind of are on parallel tracks with no intersection. Right. Okay. So then the third model, Model C, this is the healthy one. Yes. Right. This is called, in the video, she calls this couple identity. And this is where the couple has enough overlap to feel connected, but there's still some distance to feel like ha they have their own identity. And this really is the healthy model. Yes. Yeah. This is where couples should have shared interests because you should be building into your relationship together. The goal of marriage is you're fusing two people into one. So, so it doesn't make sense to be model B where you just are totally disconnected from right. each other. But it's not healthy to be only model A where you're so fused that you become codependent and you're not actually even authentic necessarily in how you connect as a couple because one of you is pretending so the third model then is that you find some shared interests. You together work as a couple to find interests that you can both share in. Or like to our examples, there might be things that you say, hey, I'm willing to go walk the course with you or ride in the cart because I know golf's important to you. I'll do that with you. And then I want you to come over here and do this book club with me or something. But then it's also okay for couples to have, like you go and golf with buddies and friends and do things and I don't need to be a part of all of that. Just like I have interests in cooking and doing things that you don't care about. So we give each other the freedom to say, you can go explore that on your own. That doesn't mean there's not, uh, that doesn't mean a problem in our relationship together. Right. Okay. So one of the questions here uh, on this topic on the site is of the three models, which best describes your relationship and why? And I think couples listening to this right now, it might be good to, to hit pause mm -hmm. and answer that preliminarily, like, what are you thinking right now? Do you, and again, let me go over these three models again. Um, borrowed functioning, this is where you where you sometimes fake it and you only have shared interests, and but it's not it's not real. And the, eventually that's going to fall apart, right? Right. Uh, maybe for some couples listening to this, that's kind of what's happening in their marriages. They're, they're noticing now that that it's fallen apart. Model B then is emotional distancing where you, where you do you're, you you've, you've stopped trying to connect right. over common things and you're just distancing yourself and you're just living your own lives now. Obviously unhealthy. The model C is where you have couple identity where you have some overlap and and you feel like you can have common interests but you can also have your own you're you're giving each other permission to have your own uh, yeah. your own things. Yeah, and let me just say to that point too um, that you came into the marriage as a person, <laughs> as an individual with your own interests and passions and desires. Right. So that doesn't just go away in marriage. So the goal is to earn trust with one another and to love each other and to encourage those passions and desires that you guys agree how that looks. So you don't need to be threatened by individuality in the relationship, but you should make the marriage and building your relationship as a couple the priority and then be, be good with those things that you don't share common interests as much, and it's okay to explore that as an individual. Yeah, Michael J. Fox, I love this quote. He said this, the key to our marriage is the capacity to give each other a break mm -hmm. and to realize that it's not how our similarities work together, it's how our differences yeah. work together. Like that's Good job, Michael J. Fox. Yeah, good job. Um, I do like Back to the Future. That is a movie I would watch again, um, not Jerry Maguire so much. So Tracy, what would you say to the couple who's listening to this and we may have just created a marriage crisis for them? 
because they re, you know they they're going to hit pause and have a really hard conversation now and maybe they're they're or or maybe one the husband or the wife is saying oh man I don't want I don't want to have to talk about this I don't want to have to do the work I don't want to have to admit that I've I've been fake or admit that I've been selfish or whatever I guess what would you say to a couple that now has to do some work to repair this and start moving more toward that healthy couple with identity as a couple and as individuals? Well, I think anything in your life that you care about, then it's worth fighting for. And sometimes we take risks. And even in marriage, sometimes the risk is opening up Pandora's box of the truth of your feelings about certain things. I would strongly encourage couples that we have lots of topics that talk about things about what love should look like in marriage and trust, because a lot of it might come down to trust. Maybe you've feigned interest in things because you fear that your spouse would turn against you or withhold things from you if you don't continue to draw the line or toe the line they want you to toe. But what I would say is use some of those other topics, find a marriage mentoring couple or go to professional counseling if you feel like you guys can't talk about it productively. Right. But if you want your marriage to be healthy, then authentic conversation and exploring that together and giving each of you room to express your true feelings is really important. And I promise if you guys give space for that and you kind of work through some things and can compromise, maybe one of you would put yourself in category A. The other one would say we're cat- we're C. Well, talk about why you see things differently, and then work to find work together to get to that C model, that couple identity. Yeah, and remember, couples. The three main things we talk about in our marriage resources on our site are, as Tracy said, choosing love. Right. So if you if you're married, you've made a choice to be committed to each other, and and this is just part of then really going to a, a new level in choosing to love each other and and give each other the freedom to have your own identity if you feel like you've been a little too enmeshed as a couple. The second thing is earning trust together. And Tracy, as you said, this is maybe this for some couples, yeah. there, there might be some trust issues related right. to this. But the third one is super practical and it's just you know to be talking and to continue talking and, and let communication be more transparent and better in your marriage. And so again, those three subcategories are on our marriage page, love, trust, communication. So one of the practical things you can do is have not just this conversation, but make it a habit to have more conversations to get at a, at a, I think at a better place in your marriage. And don't be afraid, right, Tracy? Don't be afraid of some of these harder conversations because maybe some of the husbands out there are like me, Tracy, where we're, we stuff our emotions and our feelings, and maybe that's just what we've always done or it's, it's what we thought a man would should do. And uh, But now we're like, okay, I want to be better. I realize this isn't good for my marriage or even for my parenting. I want to be a better man. I'm sure there are some women who have the same thing out there. And so don't be afraid of these kinds of conversations, men and women, husbands and wives. Lean into these conversations. They might be a little difficult, but it'll be so worth it in the end. Yeah, because truthfully, stuffing your emotions or sweeping things under the rug and just thinking you're avoiding it it all comes back up. Every 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 example that kind of brings up that emotion or frustration in you, you just react to that then times each time. It's better to just deal with them in an authentic, open way. All right, Trace, before we sign off on this topic, let's talk specifically to Christian couples 
um, because I think there's something more to be said on this topic on our Pursue God site. You know, couples can find this on Flex Talk if you want to share this topic with, with some neighbors who maybe don't want the Bible content with this. But for Christian couples, Tracy, talk to this for a second. You know, the Bible says that the two become one in marriage, that, that when you get married, that husband and wife become one. And now, um, does that mean, I think, does that mean they lose their identity? No, and I think the thing is for Christian couples, our identity should be in Christ. Like Christ defines who we are. We're a new creation in him. And so when you see that your value and everything about who you are, your emotions, your actions, your interests, your commitments, the vows you took in your marriage, then you can come into your marriage relationship and say, how do I honor God as a wife or a husband? And how do we, I mean, remember, Christ's love for us was selfless and sacrificial. So for me to come into marriage with you and to say, I'm not losing myself because my identity is in Christ. I know who I am. But part of my act of worship to Jesus is to be the best wife I can be and to model the love of Jesus, which means I choose to love you selflessly and sacrificially. And when you're choosing to love me selflessly and sacrificially, then we're giving equally to one another, trying to meet the other's needs. So it's it's a much easier thing to kind of develop a couple identity because we're working together from the same point of wanting to serve the other person. Well, yeah, and I would say to couples out there who maybe are tempted to use scripture to say, see, look, we should be only doing things that we both love to do together, or... If you really loved me, you'd do this. You would do this, and you would, right, and, and we would lose our, our individual identities. Uh, what I would say as a pastor to that is that's, a, that's an, an abuse of Scripture. Mm-hmm. I think that that's not using Scripture properly. Um, Jesus doesn't want us to give up our individual identities um, when we come to faith and when we get married. Mm-hmm. You know, there, so there's a healthy way to view oneness and identity, and then there's this enmeshed, unhealthy way to view it. So I encourage you to talk about that and think about that some more. Check out some of the scripture that we will have below uh, on the on the topic page at pursuegod.org forward slash marriage. So this topic was called "You Don't Have to Lose Your Identity in Marriage." You can find this one and so many more to talk about with your spouse and hopefully with a marriage mentoring couple.